Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts and stories in the hope that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, here with my co-host, Patty Marbury. Morning, Patty. Patty. It's been a while. It's been a while. This is our first podcast of 2022. Mm-hmm. New Year, same old podcast. Yep. <laughs> no, new, it's a new year and we've got new guests in our virtual Zoom room this morning, and we're excited to introduce them to you. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about something really important to UVA Finance um, that I'm sure if you're at UVA Finance, and actually if you're a finance partner out across the university, you've been aware of in our communication channels because it has been a really important effort to us. And that's our efforts um, to pair with the overall university's inclusive excellence focus. So this morning, as I mentioned, we do have guests with us and um, to avoid me talking too much because that's why we have guests so you don't have to listen to me. Um, I'm going to introduce us to our wonderful panel today. Let's start off, we have Melody with us. Hi everyone, Melody Bianchetto. I'm the VP for Finance uh, for, and, and responsible for UVA Finance. Uh, glad to be here, Brandy, to talk about our DEI efforts and how we've worked well with um, Inclusive Excellence um, and just how we've really morphed what Inclusive Excellence started out as into where it is now. So I'm very excited to, to dive into that conversation. Thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Toshin Campbell. Um, I'm an interim senior buyer and procurement and supplier diversity. Um, I've been a part of the Inclusive Excellence team since um, June or so of 2020. And I'm happy to be a part of this initiative and happy to talk about some of our progress and pitfalls and exciting journey. Awesome. Hi everyone, my name is James Cobb. I'm one of the LSPs for finance. I've been with finance uh, since like a couple weeks before the pandemic started. So almost two years now. Um, my interest in uh, our efforts are uh, just getting the word out and, and sharing the importance of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and hopefully making an impactful change across grounds and, and outside of grounds. Um, with that, I've been on the team, I think, for a year and a half, but I can't remember. It all blends together now since the pandemic. <laughs> it's been great. We definitely relate to that. <laughs> James, I think you came to a conversation we were having at one point or another, and we didn't let you go. So (laughs) I'm sure that's how it happened. Hi, everyone. I'm Laverne Grant. I am a former member of UVA Finance. I'm uh, currently an export control manager uh, with the VPR's office, and I've actually been on the team approximately two years since the the sprint discussion started, and I'm really enjoying the dialogue, the work, um, the commitment that finance has to rolling this out, and looking forward to continued success with the program. Awesome. Great to meet our panel of guests this morning. Thank you all for being here and having conversation with us. Um, our, it was funny, a couple times during the introductions, though, it did come up one of the recurring themes that we've identified here on the podcast, which is how UVA Finance tends to have like a tractor beam on its folks. You, It's like Hotel California. Once you're a part of us, you can never leave. We're keeping Laverne. We're keeping James, even though he's part of UVA Finance. 
Yeah, Laverne is a is a perfect yeah. example of that. I mean, she actually left UVA Finance, and we're not letting her go. <laughs> 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 um, one of the things about Laverne, I was describing you as part of our team the other day, and I was I said, you know, she's um, kind of one of the team members who. And I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later how we're going to structure, how we have structured our new equity action team. But Laverne is one of those ex officio men members. So I think that means um, she's on it <laughs> <laughs> and um, on it forever. And I don't know what that that actually means in terms of a, a team, but um I described her as more of like an, an advisory role. And I think that's really a great position to be in. So I, we appreciate that. Thanks, Patty. It sounds really official and fancy, like your professor <laughs> emeritus or something. <laughs> it, it is fancy. <laughs> hey, hey, Patty. So everyone introduced themselves and it's not like, um, if you listen to finance matters, you don't know who Patty is. And I just said, my co-host Patty Marbury, but you have um, a role within the team too. So tell us a little bit about your involvement with the um, IE and the equity action team. Okay. Um, so when the university's Inclusive Excellence Initiative um, really kicked off, um, Melody and my, my manager, Bill Ashby, asked me to be um, the point of contact for UVA Finance to kind of lead our effort and be like the person that's the, it's not really a liaison role, but the person who's kind of responsible or in, in charge or taking charge of our group's efforts to then report back and submit a plan to the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, who's kind of running the entire across UVA Inclusive Excellence Initiative. And so I happily took on that role. I was I was actually felt very privileged and honored to be asked to do that. And um, so I I was. That, that started in like the fall, late fall of 2019 um, with the idea of having a plan in place by, I think the following, like it was a pretty aggressive plan, like the following March or something, but then the pandemic happened. Um, and um, soon after the murders, of, the murder of George Floyd happened, which kind of in some ways put put the the pandemic kind of put everything um, on a more extended timeline to develop our plan. And um, our plan really is around strategies to improve and to, um, to strategies around uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'll just say it like that. Um, and so um, the, the plan at the same time kind of got extended out. Um, so we were able to um, have a little more time to work on our strategies and recommendations for UVA finance. But on the other hand, um, it kind of kicked into high gear. And so our team went from being three people or four people um, who had self-selected and self-volunteered to help me um, with the initiative to, I think we had like 11 people um, express interest. I think part of that was because they, they heard about inclusive excellence. Um, and then within finance. And then the other was just the spotlight on um, DEI in general as a result of um, Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all of that that was happening in the 
summer of 2020. And um, so I'll leave it at that. I think our, our charge is really to was really to develop a um, plan, which we have done. Um, I'll let Melody talk a little bit more about that. But um, we've done the plan. We've submitted it. It's very aggressive, uh, assertive, <laughs> aggressive. It's ambitious. That's, I guess, a better word. Um, and um, I think we should all be very proud of the work that we've put into that. But I'll let Melody kind of take it from there. Yeah, I mean, Patty, I agree with everything you said. Um, so we started the inclusive excellence work. Kevin McDonald came in as the new vice president for diversity, and this is a initiative he brought with him. And it's a great framework. Um, and I can remember us first looking at it and thinking, how are we going to make this real, intentional, make progress? Because it feels like can often feel like some of these efforts turn into reports that sit on a shelf. Um, and I was confident having Patty in charge of it that it was gonna be real and intentional, but then how do you really bring the entire organization to bear? Um, and I think that the, the murders and the, the murder of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, all those things that happened that summer helped us to, or helped me really to see uh, um, and, and illuminate how much our entire staff was being touched by these things. And we started to hear um, what they were feeling, um, where they needed to, to be engaged, where they wanted to talk, where they wanted to be heard and seen. Um, and we saw that as an opportunity to um, broaden the, the viewpoint of our inclusive excellence efforts um, and an opportunity to create a plan that's really going to come up with some substantive changes that's focused on UVA finance and not just um, the university. I, I think also when you think about it, often diversity efforts at a university are focused on faculty and students, and we really wanted to get to our staff and, and how could we make some, some real substantive changes. So that's where our, we pulled together this group and um, and, and we had to have a great uh, group of folks together. So it's kind of made that a more substantive effort. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, the impact to staff. That's a really great jumping off point, Melody. Um, the group actually did a lot of really cool things um, and worked on a lot of specific areas. But some of the most important things, um, or at least one of the one of the most important initially was just that we got the conversation going. And um, I'd like to hear from the group a little bit more about your experience with that and how, how you think that was important to UVA Finance as a, a group of staff people. Um, I would really love to hear Toshin talk about that a little bit. Um, the One of the ways we really started talking about the Sprint um, discussions that we've been having, um, which was our, our conversation about getting those um, started. And I'll let Toshin explain what those are for those of you who haven't heard about them or haven't participated, um, really came from the, the start of the summer of 2020 um, and was really, kind of the idea of Toshin. So I'd like him to explain that. And that's one of the things that really got staff involved. Yes. Yeah, so, 
So I will say that, uh, so I've been <clears throat> part of these types of conversations and pretty much every uh, professional uh, position that I've held to some degree, uh, partly by design, partly just because, you know, I just representative of the minorities in the groups that I've been employed by. Um, so it was important to me that our fellow colleagues be involved in our process. Because uh, a lot of times what we find is that we have initiatives like this that start off with great intentions and they fall short because there's very little buy-in from the people that matter. Um, there's very little information that gets to them ab about what we're doing and, you know, and our goals and uh, any achievements. So just as a matter of communication, that was important. Um, but for me, um, starting the sprints was kind of born out of frustration because the pace of his work is just so slow. Um, so I, I felt that we had to engage our, our total community. Um, generally, when we have conversations like these, they're discouraged because they don't fall under any kind of professional development, typically, you know, beyond um, bias trainings and, and the like. There's very little bandwidth to truly discuss issues of, of race, diversity, equity. Um, and it was important to, to just build a baseline of information, like so that we're all having the same conversation at the same time. Yeah. Um, so when I proposed the idea of, of these sprint conversations, it really came from um, President Ryan's message about um, the racial equity task force that he had developed, that he had convened. And um, there was that one line where he was like, I consider this more of a sprint than a marathon. I'm like, all right, I'm with you. That's a message I can get behind. Let's, let's support it. Um, so when I proposed it to the group, it was kind of like, okay, that seems very obvious. Let's, let's do it. But then like, how do we kick that off? And so um, I think we started off with a great foot. Um, it was new, it was innovative, people were involved, it was great discussions, and it, it kind of like set the tone for all of the work that we've done since. And, I, you know, Toshin, you mentioned the, how making space for those conversations is sometimes hard because it feel when we had folks mention this I think um, as we started the sprint discussions that before talking about hard things like race and inclusivity and diversity we're discouraged especially if you're a little bit older discouraged in the working environment and um, here was an a sanctioned opportunity opened up for people to talk about this and we did have lots of folks participate and um, come to it with some really interesting thought on their own. Um, let's talk a little bit about how those sprint discussions went for you all. Like um, how, what, when you were going into this, um, these discussions, how did you think it would go versus how it went? Like, what was your impression of those discussions? 
I'll start with that. Thanks, Brandy, for the question. And I know that when I first started in the discussions and I and I was a little apprehensive at first because again, you're having discussions that you normally do not have in the workplace. And I felt a little disheartened. And the reason I say that is because there's approximately 100, 150 plus people in finance. And we would find on our discussions, during the discussions, we would do all the, the work to plan and maybe 10 to 15 people would show up. And I, and I started to realize that maybe this isn't going to catch on, but the more we engage, the smaller groups that did engage, they became life-changing for so many people. My very first sprint, I have developed a friendship with a colleague now that I didn't even know prior to the sprint out of a misunderstanding of a culture that he has that had opposing views to mine. And so we were able not only to dig deep and talk about hurtful things, but he's now since joined the team as well. And I think that these are the types of things that are impactful. These are the things that are necessary. And so as people begin to engage and become less um, worried about the numbers and more brave to share, we are finding the discussion. Sometimes we don't wanna get off the line. We wanna stay on, we wanna to continue to talk. And I'm so thankful that Melody has given that platform because what we continue to hear is, I've never seen anything like this. This is unprecedented. And so I'm looking forward to even more. Um, the cast discussion, the book discussion, we dug deep. There were hurtful things. As a black woman, there are very hurtful things that we discuss, but you can't quit. You keep, you keep showing up. And it's, it's growing. It's taking on a life of its own. And that's been my impression. That's been my um, experience. Um, I don't know about the others, but that's what I wanted to share. So, um, so I'll say when, um, so when we initially started the, the sprint conversations, my expectations were um, moderate. I wouldn't say that they were low or high. They were like smack dab in the middle. Like this is something new. We don't know how it's going to be received but I was pleasantly surprised at the engagement. Um, and it, it's, it reflected something that I've always known to be true and that there's always been a conversation beyond the water cooler, right? We've always had these discussions, um, but they, all, they were always more or less discouraged or they weren't in a space that felt like a safe space, that was a sanctioned space. And so that was the, the innovative part about the Sprint discussions that um, was really attractive to me. And I was pleasantly surprised by some of the thoughtful conversations that, that grew from it. Um, a lot of times I'm learning right along with everybody on the call. So, um, so it's been overall very positive for me. Patty, maybe you can um, frame up a little bit more what kinds of topics we covered in the sprint discussions. Um, sometimes we had reading groups, we listened to podcasts. It was really interesting to have these discussions with a little bit of direction from, from the group on what we were all collectively going to be talking about. Um, yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the book, um, 
discussion, we just finished um, like a really in-depth discussion of the book cast, which we went over over a period of like three months. It's a long book. It's a big book. It's a really important book. Um, this book is cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, so um, I that was really great and helpful because that itself brought up a lot of topics um, that we either di um, dived into at the time or put on you know the shelf as far as let's get into that a little bit more at another time. Um, so that was a good source of a lot of topics. But we've talked about, um, we talked about the um, Black Lives Matter protests and kind of the idea of looting and rioting. We had a, we watched a video of. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. It's Kim <laughs> too. Kim Jones. Kim Jones. Um, and so uh, Brandy, I don't know if you want to put those in the show notes too, but um, that was a really good video. And uh, we talked about that in depth. Um, We've talked about policing in America. Um, we've talked about um, inclusivity issues. Um, we talked about privilege. That was one of the really, really more engaging conversations, um, which included a lot of people. So that was awesome. Um, We've uh, talked about, let's see, oh, no, no, like we have a lot of topics that we covered. Um, we've talked about voter suppression. We've, we, our last conversation, we talked about um, this whole idea of kind of, uh, we didn't really talk specifically about critical race theory, but kind of the, the misunderstanding of what that is and um, trying to kind of shut down conversations over over race because they're deemed um, divisive and what is what does that mean for people and why is that happening? We've talked about um, why are people afraid of um, change? Um, what is it that's not, not change in general, but um, change with regard to policies and um, talk, why are people afraid of talking about race? Um, we've talked about all of those things and so, um, and more, and it's, it, it's not entirely, we haven't talked in all of our topics are not entirely about race. We've also talked about intersectionality. So different groups and how different groups need to be included in the conversation, um, and how different groups are impacted by different policies and things that we have in place, um, not just in, in the workplace, but in America. Um, so uh, they've just been really, really in-depth conversations about things that I think a lot of people either didn't know about or would never talk about um, at work, like Laverne said earlier. Um, so it was really enlightening. And it's always a learning opportunity and for me, it's always exhausting <laughs> too. Yeah, uh, coming in was interesting um, with me uh, since I started right before the pandemic and only met a handful of people. I didn't know anyone um, to, I guess, latch on to for the conversation. So I got the invitations, I ignored them. I made excuses, I was too busy. But I, I think honestly, it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't aware and I didn't know know anyone to say, oh, I'll join in um, to see uh, how the, the talks were going. 
And just from my past experiences at UVA, um, looking at the way the topic of uh, race or diversity, um, equity, inclusion was addressed in my career uh, previously before coming into finance, I wasn't I was a skeptic, I guess you could say, from what I've seen, the way some things were addressed and acknowledged and how that shaped my experiences at UVA. So um, once I did decide, actually it was a colleague who was on the call, talked about it uh, to me. And I was like, that's cool. And the conversations that were going on um, made, me, made me join. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the open and candidness of the conversations, which I think is awesome. Um, and the emphasis on being uncomfortable is okay. And I think that's what led to positive uh, conversations and changes in, in individuals who normally would not speak up um, because they were provided a medium to learn and then also to ask questions, which I think is is great in progression. Um, because sometimes ignorance is what keeps things going on. Um, people, they have a, a lingering question, should I do this? Can I do this? Or how this affects other individuals, but they never ask and they just stay quiet, which I think the culture of, as Toshin mentioned, you know, you don't, you just don't bring it up at work has allowed this to persist um, so long. So I, I'm proud to, to see that we're breaking through that, um, that barrier and that, 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 you know, don't, don't talk about it uh, mantra uh, to get it out in the open, because I think once eyes are open and people are enlightened, enlightened, that's when the change is allowed to, to happen. So it's, it's been awesome to see that through the mm -hmm. talks and, and through through all the topics that Patty mentioned. So, so I'll throw in a, a quick little confession here. So, um, so a lot of our sprint topics are very well thought out. They're measured. We discuss and debate them before we present them to, um, to the, the larger audience. And so I had a little practice with like the introductions, right? So just the structure of our introductions is kind of taken on its own form where we put in a lot of links and a lot of information, um, a lot of history, just to tease out just the right conversations, right? And uh, for the last, I don't know, probably three or four years, I had this like weekly report that I would have to send to my leadership team and the report was always a non-report. It's always like one line sentence. I have nothing to report, <laughs> right? <laughs> so as my um, signature, I would always put like a history tidbit, like on this day in history, this is what happened in the United States, right? And it was always something about something I found very interesting or some little known black history fact, but I was, really truly just trying to like capture a conversation. So anybody who was reading that was welcome to, to start a conversation with me. Um, I quickly found out that if it had anything to do with race or the actual history of this country or just real true facts, there was like silence. But when it had to do with like sports <laughs> or just general, you know, history knowledge, I would get these great responses, like these awesome emails, like, hey, I never knew this, like, let's chat about this over lunch, you know, that kind of conversation. And it was always puzzling to me. So it was really, um, it was great to kind of like expand that. It, 
I would consider it a little bit of guerrilla marketing, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was glad to see that we could present the same type of information and actually have cogent, respectful conversations from it. You know, just, just to drop in for just a second, Patty, I think back to when we had the conversations about um, Brave Space, and I just want to make that connection for some folks who've been listening for a while, and I'll link back to those pods in the show notes too. Um, there, We've talked about these sprint discussions, and then even the, the larger trainings that we had um, that I think Melody will mention later with uh, Bird Guesses, Racial Equity Group. We have talked about having safe spaces for conversations, but these were different. They were more those brave spaces where we opened up a space for people to truly have conversations with one another, um, trying to be respectful of one another's beliefs, but also ask questions and be open and really get to something more useful than you might expect from a safe space kind of conversation. So I agree, Toshin, it was really interesting to see people come to those conversations and as Laverne mentioned, um, maybe be misunderstood or misunderstand for a little while, but then come to a place where we all could um, relate to one another on a more honest level. Yeah, I, I um, just add to that a little bit about um, comments that I've heard from other people and I, um, of participating in these conversations. Um, people say, people have said um, that it makes them feel really uncomfortable and that that's when they know that they're learning something. Um, I hear, but I've also seen people feel really uncomfortable and then they never return. And that that's something that personally I've struggled with um, wanting those folks because those folks are the people that I feel like really want to get to um, to let them know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable about these things. Um, that's when you're making progress. You know, there's a reason you feel uncomfortable, and so um, so I'll just say that uh, that was actually part of what we talked about last. The last discussion was. Um, just that idea of once you get into these topics that you often feel uncomfortable and then it kind of shuts down the conversation. So I'm hoping that the group continues to push back, uh, push past that kind of feeling and that people that when they come, it just makes me think of this um, quote from, I know a lot of people are quoting from Ted Lasso, but um, <laughs> This quote from Ted Lasso about taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse, isn't it? If you're if you're um, feeling comfortable, you're probably not doing it right. So, <laughs> um, so that's just something that I thought of when I when I saw that quote when I saw the show with that quote in it, it made me think of our sprint calls. I think I think it's really important though to recognize that even though um, the sprint calls might have fewer than fewer people than we want or that some people don't come back because they feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. that we're getting to them in other ways too. I mean, that was one of the real reasons we engage with bird guests and the racial equity group. And so through that, we've had um, a number of training exercises where we engaged the entire staff. We've had 
manager training exercises. We've trained the leadership team. Um, and I think that one of that is we went through that, we did an assessment of where we stood in terms of um, racial progress and, and Bird was able to help us figure out where we had gaps, um, which really did a great job. That, that helped us build our, getting back to the IE plan, that helped us build the IE plan. But even beyond that, it helped us take these conversations outside the sprint. So I think they are happening also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, James, I heard you talk about one time how you now feel like you'll be in helping someone like work on their computer or update, get their updates onto their uh, PC and you just start conversations. And we hopefully created that braver place um, across, across the whole organization that even extends beyond that. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. That's the goal. Um, Melody, you mentioned, so you mentioned um, our work with racial equity group. Um, can you, talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So as we started thinking about our inclusive excellence um, plan, we knew that, again, going back to the idea that we wanted something that was intentional, something that touched the entire organization, and that would become a real and meaningful plan with objectives we could measure and see some progress on. Um, We knew that we had to engage more deeply. So we did... um, we talked to actually the, the Kevin McDonald, VP for diversity, and he referred uh, the bird guest to us. And um, he, he was just amazing. So the whole racial equity group came in um, and helped set a, set a conversation and create common language for us. Um, they also helped us do, that was a, our foundational executive sessions. We did an audit assessment where we, Um, went across the entire organization to figure out where we stood in terms of racial equity. Um, We evaluated the outcomes of that, um, even uh, taking the outcomes of the survey and looking at them as people of color versus non-people of color so we could see the gaps in how people perceived um, where we stood. And that really helped us start to build um, a plan that the whole group was coming up with and even helped us stage how we're gonna continue this for the future with our, our new equity action teams. Um, I, I mean, Bird was just amazing because he was so um, accessible and I, I think he just really facilitated conversations in a way that um, we wouldn't have been able to have done on our own. Um, and so appreciated his leadership there. Yeah, I'll do a little advertisement for Bird. The racial equity group, dot com. <laughs> he, he's fantastic. Fantastic to work with. And, and like Melody said, it gave everybody a common ground to start from because, I mean, we've talked about this in, in those sessions with Bird and then in some of the sprint discussions as well. Some people um, have a, there's a barrier to entry on some of these conversations just because there's a certain lingo that goes with it that might keep people from plugging in and really dealing with the concepts. So that was really a great move. Um, So let's talk a little bit, you know, we've talked about all these different things that we've done. Some of those things have been a lot of work. Some of the things have been fun. Um, I have often said that on the times that I do get to attend a sprint discussion and definitely on the times that Um, the team gets together to meet, I can come in feeling pretty cranky or frustrated with just general work stuff, but um, it's a great group of people 
who have really great intentions. And so I always leave feeling better. Um, so it's, it's a really great thing, but why is it necessary? Like, why is this such a focus for UVA finance right now? So I, I think that the sprint conversations are necessary because uh, we, we've always had two narratives, right? So we've always had two kind of um, conversations going on at the same time. Uh, most of those conversations don't raise to the, um, the level of feedback for leadership a lot of times. And this is a way to, to really check in with the, the complete staff. So um, what we found from having these conversations was that people were truly affected by the murder of George Floyd and the events of 2020, the pandemic, quarantining, the change to working from home. And there wasn't um, a space to truly get together and talk about those things. Uh, there wasn't a venue to talk about what was going on um, nationwide with regard to racial justice and how we got here. Like a lot of people just don't have that in their toolkit to like even discuss like how we got here, like as a nation. So I think it was very necessary um, to have those conversations out in the open to everybody who would want to have those conversations. Um, I too was um, deeply affected by the, uh, the, the George Floyd murder, but it wasn't the first time. But this was the first time that we did have a space to talk about like what those things felt like, the affect of you know senseless murders um, um, and all the events that happened around 2020. Um, now, with regard to UVA finance, I think it's very important that we um, create a safe space to have this type of forum because, um, as we've learned from the pandemic, like people have lives outside of their cubicle. Mm -hmm. And this was the first chance we got to like actually meet people in their own space to talk about what was affecting them directly. I think it is also important and good because one of our goals that we've had for UVA Finance since we created the group of UVA Finance um, a number of years ago was about employee engagement. And we've done a ton around employee engagement and then we started to realize, or I started to realize that we're missing a big piece of unengaged employees because we weren't having these conversations. And if we didn't start to make a place for every employee to feel like they were seen and that they were heard and that they didn't, and we talked about this sometime, some after, right after the George Floyd murder that you were coming to work with kind of a uh, people of color coming to work with a, a facade on because they were hiding how they were feeling and what pain they were in. And we, we couldn't feel that and see that before. So that meant we weren't having engagement for the empo those employees. And so that's what one of the goals I wanted was to make everyone feel like they had a place um, where they could bring their real and authentic self to the workplace and feel safe there. Yeah, and I'll just jump in, um, Melody. I, I saw exactly that when we started with that, that what you're describing, because I was um, 
maybe this is why I was asked to do inclusive excellence, but I was the, we, when we started with employee engagement, I was kind of the chair of that group. But um, I, so when we first started um, the inclusive excellence initiative, and I met with the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion to kind of look at the climate survey of finance. The big thing was, oh, you know, we're doing great. Like we got really high scores on climate engagement and, um, and they broke down the climate survey as much as they could when the people identified um, demographics between people of color and, and others, uh, so white, white and others. And so um, I guess white people, white staff and people of color, they broke it down like that. And um, so, and the big thing that was mentioned in the climate survey was, oh, the one thing that, that we really don't have is a mentoring program. And so we started our inclusive excellence initiative with, oh, we just need to create a mentoring program and then everything will be cool. And I think what what happened with George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, the Black Lives Matter protests, the start of our sprints was allowing, especially our staff, um, people of color, that they did have a um, forum to express themselves and it was a brave space. And so from that, we learned that, no, no, there are, there are other issues <laughs> that we need to address, not just the lack of a mentoring program. And a mentoring program isn't gonna just fix things. And so um, I think the, the sprints were like the start of the conversation, which really led to um, all the work we did with Bird Guest, which happened almost a year later after it started, that work started in the, with the racial equity group started in 2021. So the Sprint conversation served as a foundation to open up and people start feeling like, yes, I can be more honest about um, what I'm feeling and what's happening within the workplace. And, um, and so I think that allowed us to, to come up with a plan that was actually much more um, inclusive and, as I mentioned before, ambitious with regard to um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, um, so I think that's that's a really interesting thought of you know where we were before, and then allowing a space for people to to talk and and learn and grow has been really transformational. So, um, I think that. Moving into the future, uh, one of the things I think that's really great is that we've transitioned from our former inclusive excellence team or committee to um, a more established equity action team, which was actually one of the goals in our inclusive excellence plan. So we can check that off the list because we're moving into this new structure. So we have um, an equity action team. And one of the things that I think is really great about that is that that was actually an idea that was formed out of the working groups that we worked that we had working with um, the racial equity group, which included the cross functions of UVA finance. And so, um, so back to Toshin's point earlier, where he said it's really important to get buy-in. I think that was a really important um, way of doing that, of 
working with the racial equity group across UVA finance, across all of leadership and others, and then um, the leadership working within their own teams to come up with a plan. And our inclusive excellence plan, which you can post in the show notes, Brandy, um, or, or it's also on our website, um, really includes all of the work that was discussed and um, recommended by those working groups that, that we had with working with the racial equity group. And the equity action team includes um, cross finance membership. And so I think that's really awesome. Can we, um, Patty, just to, to draft in there, one of the things I loved about Bird's approach and his goal for what he wanted us to do was to make racial equity standard operating procedure. Just love that in um, that approach. It really, I think, spoke to us as, as business and finance folks and how we think about processes. Um, and that's what the intention is for our equity action team, so that these are set up as an ongoing, we've got intentional membership so that we have got someone from every large operating group in the organization. We have some at-large folks who will continue because we want um, different voices. We've got Laverne as our external voice as uh, part of uh, that conversation. Um, and then we also were looking for specific functions. I think Toshin mentioned, he, he talked a little bit before about needing to have communication about what we're doing and where we're going. And so we made sure, okay, we wanna make sure we make all these uh, goals that we actually achieve them. So we brought in a project manager to specifically help us with that. We made sure we've got Brandy to do communications. We've got a training expert. We've got people who know how to do analytics and reporting so that as we start to achieve these, we're gonna actually be able to create visual um, documentation of that and communicate it. So. Um, I think that the work that we've done has it will enable these equity action teams to really become standard operating procedure. And we set up a mechanism to have rolling um, membership so that we've got a diverse group, but we also can continue to bring in new people and different people as they have an interest in it and get new voices so that uh, the plan stays alive and um, evolving rather than um, just static. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the I love the making racial equity a standard operating procedure kind of mantra because it it is something that that if we make it standard operating procedure it it's not like this work should take time, you know, like so a lot of people are like, well, how do I have time for that in addition to all the other work I have to do? And I'm thinking, well, if it's standard operating procedure, then it's just what you do. Like yeah, it's part of the work that you do. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, a great point. Um, even just to wrap up with that this, we're not approaching it as something extra or something on the side. It's something that's being folded into the fabric of how UVA finance works. And with the way that things are set up, we have the people to support it and to give it the analytics and the um, tracking that it needs and keep us on course and people from all over the organization. Um, so things stay fresh. Um, it'll be part of how we, how we operate from here on out. Mm -hmm. okay. So I will just add to that, that we've come a long way from our first sprint conversation where uh, our previous supplier uh, diversity director, Les Houghton, candidly said that, you know, this won't go anywhere. I've seen this so many times and it's just perfunctory and it just won't go anywhere. And 
Laverne jumped in and challenged that idea. Like, no, we are here to make change. And so just seeing the change from that kind of like um, bracketed, like bookend of, of a statement as a challenge, right? So that was kind of our, that was our big challenge. Like we identified the big bad. And then the story from that point on has been largely a story of progress. Mm -hmm. uh, especially when we brought in Berg Guess, who did an amazing job of creating a framework to, to truly make this change happen. Um, he also identified where we have shortcomings and hopefully we're, with our new team members, we can start tackling those one by one. Um, it was also important to see um, the buy-in from leadership like with, with Melody's, you know, truly making this her project for making this standard operating procedures, right? So this is, um, so from that point to this point, I feel like there has been meaningful change. I am looking forward to like seeing this, the substantive change from this point forward, um, but it's been good. Mm -hmm. It has been good. There's been a lot of progress. As you said, there's still a lot of good things to come and things that we'll have to tackle. Um, but for now, I want to thank our panel of guests for being a part of our conversation today. Um, it can sometimes be a little unnerving to think you're going to be recorded and broadcast out there, but thank you for being a part. I really enjoy talking with you. Um, we have a plethora of things that we're going to put in the show notes, resources, um, some information about what the group has done in the past. And um, we encourage you to check those out and encourage you if you haven't been a part of some of these efforts with UVA Finance to make some time and check out one of the Sprint conversations. Um, they're really interesting. It's a really welcoming group. We have folks from across grounds who join us too. So if you're listening to this across UVA, you're more than welcome to attend as well. And for now, I guess we're going to wrap up. Patty, thank you for co-hosting with me again yeah, today. Of course. And for all of you out there in the listening audience, keep doing good work because what you're doing matters.